This is the Unity Community of Central Oregon podcast. So spirit is sending us messages all the time, insights and um, signs, and all we have to do is start to look for it. And spring is such a perfect time for that because um, it, it automatically reminds us or note we, it helps us to notice if we're actually paying attention or not. Because, you know, all of a sudden, a tree that was nothing, bare, is now in bloom, and you're like, well, wait, how did that happen? Why was I not noticing the, you know, the buds starting or the forming and then the process? So spring can constantly, because there's stuff coming up all over the place, this burst of life. And... Um, the, the, spirit, the spring is sort of the beginning of this year cycle. The Lakota Nation of North America uses the, the medicine wheel. I'm sure many of you are familiar with that. It uses the four cardinal directions to signify or... Uh, I'm not the word I'm looking for. <laughs> Symbolize, there we go. Um, the, the process that happens in life. So we begin the season in the east where the sun rises. And that is the energy, life force energy. And um, it's also mirrored in in a human life cycle. So the East represents the childhood, that that freshness, that newness, where everything is, um, is new. It's never been seen before. Everything's an adventure, that life energy. And then we move to the south, which is the, the heat of the sun. It's that action time of day. It's, it's the summer where all the growth is happening in the plants and there, all of that happens. So in a human life, it's, it's a young adulthood. It, we're having children, we're forming our careers. There's a lot of action that happens in that time. And then in the west, we have the the sun is going down. I love the image of the sitting on the porch and watching the sun go down. And I'm actually from the Midwest originally, and we had the fireflies, which we don't have on the west side of the Rockies, but the fireflies come out, and it's that time of introspection. It's the time in our life where we're um, you know, middle-aged, our children are grown. What, what's it now? What am, I, what am I doing? And it's that time that we really start to go within. What do I want? What is calling in me? And that, that quiet time of the evening, the fall, it's also the fall where the leaves fall off and all that energy goes down into the roots. It's introspection. And then the north is represented um, by integration. It's the winter time, it's the night time. So it's our sleep time, so we take all the things that we've learned that day, all the things we've seen and experienced, and we integrate it into who we are. It's the time of, in the winter, when the, the elders, it's the elder time of life as well, the elders would tell their stories, and all of their wisdom would be then integrated back into, into the community. So with that, then, of course, we move back to spring which is what I really want to talk about today. That life force energy, that vibrancy that comes from everything. 
so all of winter has prepared us. You know, we have that integration. We have this time of, of making things happen for us. And that burst of life that happens in the spring can happen because all of that work was done before in the winter time. The winter can be, um, for us human beings, a time of the head. You know, we, we think a lot, it's, you know, we're inside most of the time, and it's great for reading in front of the fireplace, but the spring, just like in the trees, um, our life force starts to flow, our blood wants to move. There's this vibrant energy all around us, calling us into being. And, you know, the idea of spring fever that students have, you know, that same, because the energy is all around us, and it's doing that. So, of course, we're not going to want to be studying. We're going to be wanting to be moving and out. And um, the thing with plants, like I'm a botanist, and um, as part of a you know, botanist, I do a lot of wild food, edible wild food foraging. And in the spring, that is the best time because all of those little plants, the, the ferns and the nettles, the dandelions, they're all really small and they're tender. Later in the season, if you pick dandelions in the summer, they're bitter, they're hard, they're not you know, pleasant to eat. And that same can happen for us as human beings. When we move from the spring of our life with that vibrancy and everything's new and exciting, and we move to the summer where we're, all this action's happening, and somewhere in there, we kind of lose that enthusiasm and vibrancy, and we get hardened in our ways. We get bitter about the way things are. So spring can, can bring to mind, remind us um, of that vibrancy, of that life force that is moving through us at every moment. One of the things that I've really come to um, recently is, is the idea of, of wonder. In using wonder to ask the question of my life. So much of the time we come to our world with a projection of what we think is reality. And we're not willing to, to ask to be shown it. Jesus says, truly I tell you, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Now we know that the kingdom of heaven is not a place that we're gonna go when we die. The kingdom of heaven is here at every moment. We just have to become aware of it and be open to receiving. So unless we come to our lives with this feeling of vibrancy and spring, we're never going to be open to hear that voice. So this practice of wonder, what I do with it is, I, I, I love that I get to, to walk through my world and, and ask, you know, what do you have to show me today? And with that mind of receptivity, it's amazing what can be seen. I was just visiting my stepmother in Nebraska. She had her knee replaced, and in that there was this bird nest that was kind of uh, attached underneath her um, roof. And I, don't know, I didn't see any birds actually coming in and out of it, but it, it, you know, I saw that and I thought, what does that mean and how am I like this? 
And I got a couple of different hits. One was that, you know, the birds take little tiny sticks and they weave them together. And that when we take those little tiny steps in our lives, no matter what it is, this little thing towards our goal, towards our dreams, towards the life that we want to be living, eventually those little tiny twigs add up to something beautiful. And I also got this image of the fact that every being needs a place to call home and how important that is to have the security and safety and comfort of a place to be. So uh, all of our experience is on, in our past, all of the things that we have, have brought us to this moment. You know, we have had all kinds of experiences, and many of them we might label as something we wish we wouldn't, it wouldn't have happened. Um, but even those have, have brought us to who we are today. And we have also been created with um, different talents and different interests, and all of those things add up to what I call your soul print. And what we do with this on this earth is called our soul print. So we have our skills, we have our experiences, we have our interests, and they make us who we are today at this moment. And I can choose those experiences. I mean, I can let those experiences kind of keep me from experiencing um, what I'm wanting. Let them be the block of, oh, there's no way that I can do this because I'm, I'm too old, or um, I, I don't have the money to do this, or we can let it close our world. Um, or we can know that that divine is moving through us at every moment, and the truth is we are eternal beings, and that energy moves through us and heals us at every moment. So these things, are we, the experiences that we have, the beliefs that we have about the world and how, how, what our, our relationship with God is. Many, um, many of us have, are recovering, I have friends that call themselves recovering Catholics um, because they're trying to re-establish um, their relationship with the divine. People who have been so hurt by the word God that they can't, they can't even hear that or using Jesus as a quote, um, we can let those things limit us. Um, but those, the, all of those things, that we call them paradigms. So we come to every situation in our lives with paradigms in place. And the paradigms are basically just our belief system. You know, do we believe in a God that's gonna punish me or do we believe in a God that is going to celebrate and wants to help us? Um, do we believe that we are capable of doing things or do we believe that we are stupid and, you know, frumpy and terrible and whatever those voices are? So those paradigms place, uh, it's a projection on our world. And um, one way to, to, I was thinking about, um, this message that somebody told me, I was like, this is really interesting. The idea that um, there's multiple millions of versions of you, and I'm not talking about the multiverse. 
What I'm talking about is every time you meet someone, you have, you create an image of who they are in your mind. And it would never ever match someone else's image of that person. So you see someone in the grocery store or you meet someone in a party or a business meeting and um, you immediately make all kinds of uh, inferences, assumptions about that person. Maybe they're wearing a, a sweater that's really similar to your favorite uncle's sweater, and you think, oh, he's kind of like my uncle. Um, or maybe someone has a hairdo that looks like your friend in high school, and you think they're going to have similar personality. Or they have the posture of the, the shyest girl in the class, and you, you, know, you think, oh, this person is this way. And it's not just one thing. I mean, it's not just the sweater that's going to influence me. It's the, the, how tall they are, what color their skin is, what they're wearing, um, the way they laugh, the, what they want to talk about. We're, all of those things, we're making great assumptions about who that person is. And that's how we work as human beings. They, you know, we were not in that person's brain, so we don't know what they think of themselves. Um, but I think it's interesting. I, I've, I've come in, in uh, up with this interesting thing with older folks that I've been working with and the image that they think they're projecting, uh, a friend has, has um, bright green hair, right? And she thinks it makes her hip and looks fun. And um, my impression of it is that it makes her look like a witch. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, it's, it's just that kind of thing, like what, what are you, you know, what are you projecting and what are you seeing? So whenever we see in a room, we are going to make those assumptions about things. Um, and again, that's kind of how our, our brains work. We, we, um, we like to put things in boxes, we like to make sure that they fit somewhere, and then that makes it easier to retrieve. Oh, that's the person who wore that sweater that I remember them. So the thing is, we begin to, we attract what it is that we think, you know, with those paradigms in place. If I believe in a punishing God, I'm going to find situations where God is punishing me. If I believe I'm unworthy of love, I'm going to find um, rejection. I'm going to find betrayal. So what it is it that we're looking for is really, it's really helpful to kind of be aware of, it, of, of those paradigms in play. And um, one of the things I wanted to point out, because our brains work this way too, so I wanted to do a little bit of an exercise with you. I want you to look around the room, and I want you to notice everything that's the color blue. So bright blue, dark blue, you know, maybe a tiny little dot of blue, but all the blue you can see. And now I want you to close your eyes. Close your eyes and bring to mind all the things that are the color red. It does seem like I sort of tricked you a little bit, I know. Go ahead and open your eyes and look around the room and see the color red. I'm guessing that you saw more you know, blue, that you didn't see as many red as you did once you opened your eyes. So that is our reticular activating system in play. So we have a part in our brain called the RAS, and what its job is, is to filter out all the things that we don't need, like the color red, and give us what we are looking for, which at this instance was the color blue. So 
a lot of the great thing about that is today, in today's world, you know, we are bombarded with uh, ads and news and all the stuff, and we really need our RAS to be doing its job where it filters out all of this extra stuff. Um, it's why you can hear a voice, someone call your name in a loud, crowded room um, because you're listening for that name, even though you're not consciously, but your RAS knows that that's your name and you're going to hear it. Um, which was always funny when I played on a team that was the color orange, and they they go, orange! And I, I would think they were calling RN my name, you know, orange! No, no, not me. Um, but so this RAS works just like God does. So we have in our mind, we are co-creating with God at every moment through our thoughts and our feelings. So at every moment, we are telling the universe, this is what I want more of in my life by where we place our thoughts, what thoughts we're thinking and what we're feeling with the feeling life we're having. So with these paradigms that we have in place, we are going to see, we're going to bring to us what it is that we think we should be seeing and bringing to us. So the universe just wants to have us, you know, we have free will. We've been given this opportunity to make these choices in this body. And so it's just going to bring us what it thinks we want. And if we think we're of illness, if we think, you know, of, of the financial ruin, this is what we're bringing into us, especially if we have a lot of charged emotion around those issues. So I know that we do a lot with affirmations of, of reaffirming things, and wonder, uh, tied with gratitude, which is that same vibration, because we're looking for things to be grateful for. If you have a gratitude practice, you know, during the day, once it becomes a practice, you start seeing things, oh, I'm so grateful for this beautiful tree that I hadn't noticed, right? So wonder and, and gratitude bring us to this vibrational level that is receptivity. We're open to, to the divine moving through us. So, you know, we all, are adults here. We all have these paradigms. We all have um, these experiences that bring us to this moment. So how do we um, bring this new life to us? How do we work with a sense of wonder in our lives and not project um, things onto our reality? And so, um, Being in that space of wonder, what it does is it asks a question. So normally in our lives, we're, you know, we're making these assumptions about everything we see, and wonder what it does is it turns that back to us. And every question has an answer. So we're asking the universe or God or the world to show us, you know, what are you going to show me today? What lesson? But the thing is we have to pair it with that receptivity. We have to be willing to, to see that bird nest and say, what is this saying to me? What message can I receive out of this? I think of it sort of as a, like a poet's way of looking at things. A really good poet um, can take a human experience and, you know, have an analogy with it. And we're like, yeah, I am like that bird nest. Um, and so it's like looking at your own life 
with the idea, the, the essence of, of being a poet. You're a poet of your own experience. So I invite you to, to go out in your world and, and ask, ask God with this sense of wonder, like, what can you show me today? What are you going to bring to me? And the thing that's amazing is when we start, when we're in that vibrancy, when we're in that um, sense of awareness and interest and asking, that's when manifestation comes. That out of what seems like nowhere, but the thing is, that thing has been there all along. I, um, my husband and I were in the same church. He did the sound, and I was a ministry student for many years. I knew him for three years, um, but I wasn't ready. And and we, you know, kind of did this sort of dance around. Oh hi, you know, good morning. Um, and then I had a flat tire. This my senior year in ministry school. I had a flat tire. It was late at night. We had a conference happening, and um, Jim happened to still be in the in the studio. And I was like, "Can you help me?" And he changed my tire, and my spare was flat. And so he lived nearby and had a can of the tire in a can foam stuff. And that was the first time that we got to talking. But unless I was receptive and ready, he was in that world all the time, and I just never saw him. And we are celebrating 30 years of marriage this year, so it's been good, yeah. <laughs> so I think of it as sort of like an Easter egg hunt, right? You know, you have this like, oh, where is that? Oh, you know, you're looking for this thing, but instead of looking for Easter eggs, you're looking for inspiration, you're looking for wonder, you're looking for, you know, opportunities to come but it has that same kind of essence and energy that we're, we're out looking. You know, we're, we're willing to receive, but it's this kind of play that's happening. And um, the other thing about wonder is it, it makes us pause. You know, we're in our busy world. When I was with my, my stepmom, um, helping her, I, I really wanted to get a whole bunch of stuff done. I wanted to make meals for her, put them in the freezer for her. I wanted to make things super easy after I left so that it would be, you know, easier for her to get around. And I was also trying to work um, online. Most of my work is all online anyway, so that was fine. But the t finding the time. And I would find myself caught up in this busy of, oh, I got to do these emails and I got to get that on and I got to do this. And there was my stepmom, you know, I'm sitting with her, we're laughing, we're talking about stuff, she's telling me stories, stories that I hadn't heard yet, and, and I realized, you know, I was feeling all this pull of, well, I gotta do this, I gotta do that, and I'm like, no, this is an opportunity that I have that I, you know, might not have again, where I have this two weeks of time, you know, th there's that laziness that happens when you have a, an extended period of time with people. It just gets easier and more casual. But we have to be willing to take that moment. We have to be willing to slow down and wonder, because of that question and needing an answer, gives us that time to, to kind of breathe and, and slow down and go, oh, this is what's coming to me. And really enjoy the ride because, you know, the goal is not death, right? We're not like waiting for the, the end of our life. We want the journey to be what's important. So today, it's spring, and we have this vibrancy around us. And to take that and, and move it in our lives, we can pose a problem to God with this wonder. We can say, you know, what can I do in this situation? What, you know, maybe it seems like it's, we're really 
meeting up with you know, this unsolvable problem. But when we turn to wonder, when we, when we ask the universe to show us something, that's when things come. Resources, um, things out of what seems like nowhere start coming and answers come because there's always an answer to every question. So spring is a fantastic time to start um, using the practice of wonder because as I said at the beginning, it, it, it keeps us noticing because there's constant change happening and we can begin to go, oh, I, I'm, not, I'm not paying attention because this has happened so fast and I didn't even notice it. So it keeps us in that motion. And it, we're surrounded by this vibrant life force energy right now. It's just, ugh, just building through us, calling us to being more this vitality, this uh, life force of spring. The, the sap, the blood moving. And we can use this vitality to, from sh to shift from projecting our thoughts onto our experience um, and feeling this sense of wonder and gratitude that makes us pause that makes us feel that connection and be open to the receptivity of, of the divine, the answers, and the energy. So I invite you to embrace the power of spring, um, filling yourself with that vitality of life, and be in a state of wonder with the sense of enthusiastic expectation. Blessings.